Dealers need service revenue to stay profitable. And as vehicles become increasingly complex, consumers need service and repair guidance now more than ever. But with the majority of consumers defecting from service bays by the fifth year of ownership, dealers aren't just losing that revenue, but also a chance to influence the next purchase. Enter Kelly Blue Book Service Advisor, where consumers search for the information they need, trusting they can find the right repair partner for a fair price. Partner with Service Advisor, part of the number one most trusted third-party automotive brand, and turn your service center into a profit center. And hello there, everybody. Welcome into the Auto Remarketing Podcast. My name is Bill Zadites, and we're so glad to have you along for the ride today. We are, as you know, doing some special podcasts around the NAAA, the National Auto Auction Association's 75th anniversary. Joe Overby and uh, Nick Zilovich on our team are doing some great interviews with uh, some of the executives that are at the top of the organization today. But I have uh, been very fortunate to, uh, to draw the group of Hall of Famers, men who were uh, down through the years, very important, uh, not only to the NAAA, but to the industry, the used car industry at large. And so if you haven't caught it yet, we caught up with Lynn Weaver from Harrisburg Auto Auction. Great conversation with Lynn. Tony Morby, formerly of ADT, and you'll always enjoy spending time with Tony as well. Looking forward to a conversation with Ray Nichols from BSC America as part of our Hall of Fame series. And today, very happy to have on the Auto Remarketing Podcast, Tom Adams. Tom Adams from Auction Insurance and AutoTech. Tom, so glad to be able to spend some time with you and I appreciate you, uh, you spending some time with us. Well, it's fun for me too been uh, a long career and been away from it for the last few years, but uh, certainly have great many friends in the uh, automotive industry and uh, uh, hope some of them are uh, listening in. Tom, you entered the Hall of Fame in 1992, but the, the Adams family story with the NAAA goes much deeper than that. For those that, that aren't aware, can you, can you walk us back in time Tom Adams Sr. went into the Hall of Fame in 1975, and so there's a, there's a great story to be told there. Well, he did get us in, in, in the business of providing services for uh, the uh, used car industry and certainly the auto auction industry, and that goes back to 1954 wow. when there was an auction here in Birmingham, Alabama that uh, was run by a guy named Skinny Waldrop. Now, Skinny uh, was somewhat of a misnomer there since Skinny weighed more than 300 pounds <laughs> and was uh, very much a force in the auto auction industry. He had uh, auctions in Birmingham and Atlanta. He was highly respected uh, in those days. He was having trouble getting uh, along with his uh, credit insurance company and uh, asked Ed uh, if he would see what he could do about uh, uh, obtaining coverage that uh, really met the needs of the auctions at the time. Tom, as you grew up, was it an assumption on your dad's part or even on your part that, that you would follow in his footsteps or did, did you have, do you have other ideas along the way? Oh, I definitely had other ideas. <laughs> uh, after getting out of the Navy, I 
did come to work for our uh, insurance company, our insurance agency, with the idea that I was going to uh, be on the agency side of the business. And very unfortunately, uh, the guy who was running the auto auction end of our business, Walter Campbell, died unexpectedly, and we had to have somebody fill in for that spot. The, the plan was maybe a year, possibly two years doing that, but 50 years later, I'm still here. <laughs> what what year was that, Tom, that, that you stepped into that role? 1970. 1970. What what are your early memories of those days in in the auction industry? Skinny sounds like a great guy. I, I wish I wish he was still around. That'd be a great uh, podcast as well, I'm sure. But but if you can walk back through time a little bit, what 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 are some of your of your early memories of the industry at that time and and the work that you were doing? Some of the relationships that were were important to you early on. Well. The auction industry is you know, varied. Uh, auctions all differ from one another. But uh, back then, most of them were independently owned, very much mom and pop businesses. They had the, the entire family, in fact, out on sale day uh, working in the auction, whether it be driving cars or clerking the uh, stand or fixing the lemonade. And that was pretty common throughout the industry at the time. The facilities were pretty meager, some of them. I remember, you know, visiting auctions very early on and be a pot belly stove in the the lane. And it typically would be one lane. And the atmosphere was uh, very much uh, uh, a a carnival kind of atmosphere and uh, enthusiasm. And, you know, cars got sold. Amazing. Amazing. So as you as you come into that role, obviously, uh, at a time in 1970, the industry uh, continues to move forward and is ripe for change. What what were some of the, the things that occurred uh, during that time frame, maybe in the 70s, early 80s, that you felt were important, maybe from what your company was doing, maybe what the industry was doing to move the auction process forward? Well, probably the biggest thing in the early 70s would be some consolidation original founders of Mannheim Auto Auction, which at the time owned an auction in Bordentown, New Jersey as well, sold the business uh, to uh, Cox, the uh, big media company in Atlanta. And uh, they began fairly slowly acquiring additional sales. Certainly they are the dominant player in the auto auction industry today, had great influence on the direction that this business has taken. Tom, who were some of the people that you uh, that you remember back during that time that you felt were kind of the movers and shakers of the industry? What names uh, come to mind? Well, certainly Jake Rule, who ran uh, Mannheim Auto Auctions at the time, was a a visionary, and he he, he was a a banker who uh, kind of was in the uh, auction business as a sideline with a couple of other partners, and I think he had good vision. But frankly, I uh, could have taken it further than than he did hmm. before selling it to uh, Cox. Interesting. What about what about from your company side? Because even even in the time that I've been in the industry, uh, mid nineties or so, I've seen so much change with Auto Tech, and and you carry the title of chairman now. What advancements from from what was coming out of Birmingham, Alabama, are you uh, are you proud of? 
You know, it, it's really uh, the changes that started occurring in the late 1980s, early 1990s that have had the most impact on uh, mm-hmm. our business. And that is uh, initially providing a vehicle history service, which today is called AutoCheck. We got in that business uh, simply listening to the customer, uh, particularly uh, Mike Hockett and Chet Goins, who ran mm-hmm. an auction in Indianapolis were very concerned about uh, not only the problem of rollback odometers, but also the problem of of misrepresented cars. And uh, that uh, pushed us to uh, investigate, and we were able to come up with uh, vehicle history information originally from R.L. Polk and Company. And we thought at first that it would be a great uh, loss prevention tool to help spot stolen cars, but as it turned out, it's a far more important addition to the uh, auction operation in uh, spotting uh, misrepresented cars. You are listening to the voice of Tom Adams. Tom is in uh, AAA Hall of Fame class of 1992. Tom, the chairman of AutoTech and known with his work with auction insurance. And as he, as he said there, the auto check auctions, Red Mountain Technologies, auction access, all of those things, Tom. And I'd love to touch on a few of those as we as we move through our conversation. But I'd be interested, uh, I, I know down through the years, you attended a lot of NAAA conventions and uh, a lot of gatherings with the NAAA. Are, are there any specific meetings uh, that, that you recall uh, that were, that stick out in your mind as ones that were either imported in AAA or maybe just uh, just kind of a, some fun trips that you had uh, over the course of time? Well, yeah, early on, the AAA meetings were really a lot of fun because they were in uh, great spots, nice hotels, kind of places that you'd want to go for a vacation. There were a few of the AAA members who particularly drove the uh, schedule had uh, meetings in uh, Bermuda and London, which were particularly memorable. At that time, it was a family-oriented business, and uh, most of the auto auction owners, the AAA meeting became a uh, long weekend vacation and an opportunity to see others in the industry and develop a really some strong personal friendship. Generally speaking, the friendships were with auctions that weren't quite competitive, but are a little further away in the country. And uh, you know, many, many very close personal relationships. And we were very fortunate to uh, be able to develop great relationships with auction operators as well. Sounds like a ripe opportunity to start a golf tournament. Well, it was. Uh, we we <laughs> you know, looked for things to do that would be fun with the auctions and uh one of the things that we hit on early on was uh sponsor and organize a golf outing at the NAAA meeting at uh, one point we had 240 participants wow as uh, meetings became uh, a little fuller and uh less uh a vacation uh you know we've had to move on to different things definitely Definitely. Tom, let, let's let's revisit some of those uh, other companies that have come up under the AutoTech umbrella over time and and some of your thoughts. You touched on AutoCheck and and so forth. But t- tell me how how uh, how some of those companies came about. What were the uh, original ideas and 
what do you see as you move forward in terms of the importance of, of what they these companies do and what they provide uh, to to the auction industry? Yeah, well, auction access uh, is the dominant service that we're known for today. And uh, mm-hmm. it came out of uh, listing customers as well. Daryl Sicoli, who at the time in the mid-19 or early 1990s, identified uh, that there was this new service available called the Internet. He uh, organized a meeting of a number of the larger auto auctions and asked us to participate uh, where he showed a uh, video of uh, the uh, Cox newspaper uh, affiliate in Czechoslovakia. It just amazed everybody what you know he was able to uh, uh, demonstrate really a phenomenal tool and uh, his uh, thought was how can the auto auction industry use this tool to sell cars at that meeting they identified that one of the things that it could be used for is a dealer registration system rather than having uh, dealers register with each individual auction and furnish information multiple times they could register with one entity and uh, Daryl asked us to explore that possible service, which we did. Yeah, and to great success. So congratulations to you. Well, it has been a great success, but I can tell you up front early on, it was not a success and it Mm -hmm. was far more difficult than we ever envisioned. It was, you know, very early in the technology uh, for us and uh, we had no background experience or particular capabilities there. And we were jumping into something that we knew not what we were doing, but uh, somehow we survived and uh, uh, a great service today and uh, running very, very well under Chuck Redden, uh, who runs the company today. Yeah, Chuck is great. I always appreciate him and have uh, kind of come up, I guess, a bit in the industry with Chuck, but uh, he is he is a good one. Congratulations on that. Tell me, Tommy, if you had the ear of, of the auto auction executives that are running their respective auctions, but also at the, at the top of the organization today, what kind of wisdom would you share, lessons learned along the way that, that you feel like might be important for them to, to take heed of? Hmm. Interesting question. Probably from our standpoint, it's credibility in the industry. Uh, Early on, uh, auctions were seen as uh, backyard operations and uh, backyard barns. And it probably was really when the manufacturers started using auto auctions to sell inventory that they obtained through one aspect of their business or another, that that the auctions got uh, credibility. I hopefully and, and I'm confident of it that uh, we helped add some of that credibility with, uh, mm-hmm. particularly with the insurance early on, because auctions were very thinly capitalized early on, and uh, we were able to add credibility uh, as an auction could advertise that they were were insured. Secondly, uh, uh, with the odometer readings that were being rolled back. You know, at auto auctions, uh, the, the credibility uh, was was pretty poor in the early days. And I think our uh, vehicle history service helped turn that around. And today, 
you know, a rollback odometer is just really not a big issue at the auction because of the service that we're providing. It turns into a highly respected part of the automotive industry today. Yeah, absolutely. Tom, you've already, uh, in terms of sharing some of your memories, shared with us some of the some of the names that that come to mind over the course of time. But are are there others that that, that were ones the uh, executives and maybe business partners, maybe they were friends of yours that you admired, um, that you saw as important to the association over the time that you were you were so involved. Oh sure, Mike Richardson and his crew that came to uh, the United States and purchased auto auctions over a, probably a 10-year or more period uh, had a lot to do with the direction of the industry. And they brought some ideas from uh, the United Kingdom uh, that took hold here in the United States. They were very big operators of fleet and lease operations uh, in uh, the United Kingdom. It came over to the United States just as the uh, manufacturers and lease companies were beginning to do a lot more business uh, with auctions. And you know, they built the facilities early on that could handle those vehicles, whereas uh, some of the existing auction operators didn't see it quite as quickly as they did. So that uh, had a big impact on uh, the auction industry. We are listening to Tom Adams, Tom from Autotech, auction insurance, of course, such a such a big part of the auto auction industry as as he has outlined. And and certainly you gotta have that auction access card, right? You've got to have that access to uh to to buy and sell at NAAA in AAA auctions. Tom, in the in the last couple of minutes the, that that we have remaining. Share with us, if you will, uh, what you've been up to since uh, stepping away from from the day to day, and and uh, and how you find uh, yourself spending uh, spending your time. Well, I've been been enjoying life and uh, not having to worry like I used to. <laughs> Don't uh, sweat problems all night long, and uh, that's been a huge change for me. Doing a bit of traveling with friends and family, and uh, playing a fair amount of golf getting a lot of exercise. Life has been pretty good. That's awesome to hear. Tom, I, I can't thank you enough for uh, taking uh, some part of your afternoon to spend it with us. Thank you so much. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. That again, Tom Adams, chairman of AutoTech, the NAAA Hall of Fame, class of 1992. I want to thank Tom. And again, we appreciate uh, his crew. Um, down in Birmingham, um, such great, such a great group, very smart, but also a lot of fun. So we appreciate that. Once again, we thank you for listening to the Auto Remarketing Podcast. This is part of our series on the NAAA 75th anniversary and, uh, and also a subset of that, a Hall of Famer. Again, glad to have Tom Adams on board with us today. Thank you for listening. The, the Auto Remarketing Podcast continues to grow in incredible ways, and that is because of you. So thank you for tuning in. And we'll look forward to the next time. Once again, this is the Auto Remarketing Podcast. My name is Bill Zadites, and we will see you down the road. Dealers need service revenue to stay profitable. And as vehicles become increasingly complex, consumers need service and repair guidance now more than ever. 
But with the majority of consumers defecting from service bays by the fifth year of ownership, dealers aren't just losing that revenue, but also a chance to influence the next purchase. Enter Kelly Blue Book's service advisor, where consumers search for the information they need, trusting they can find the right repair partner for a fair price. Partner with Service Advisor, part of the number one most trusted third-party automotive brand, and turn your service center into a profit center.